The following was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic through Zoom meetings in accordance with local health guidelines. Hi, I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville. CSRM podcast with our with our friend Stephen Liggins, who has written a book that is really, I think, one of the most excellent books that I've read in terms of the theological and biblical foundations for sport and re- even recreation and, and ministry through sport. And so welcome back, Stephen. Oh, thank you, Greg. It's great to be with you again. And uh, we didn't scare you off of, of our last one. Uh, so you came back for another another round with us on this. And if you missed the first podcast, we got a little bit of Stephen's background, uh, world-class cricketer, and and even he knew how to say soccer and not football. Uh, And so he's familiar with a lot of of sport within that range, has a high level of of capacity and, and experience within sport, but he's also very involved in ministry. And he comes to us from Australia, and you'll um, uh, see that and hear that a little bit. Well, not see it so much, but hear that in his voice as he comes on. But we are recording uh, here in the middle of COVID. I'm outdoors. Uh, we're, we're trying to handle this because uh, we're not face-to-face. We're not in our normal studio. So bear with us. But I think the conversation is going to be well worth your listening in. Stephen, last time we talked a little bit about why you wrote the book and, and your journey that people can listen or watch and catch up with. But one of the things that you brought out in the book as you started in chapter two and some in three and moving on, you talked about specifically to those people who are elite athletes, so to speak, uh, or, or maybe elite coaches or officials. And, and they're, they're getting their, they're actually getting their vocational remuneration from a sport. And so it's not just that I'm playing at rugby, this or that level, uh, but I'm playing or coaching and I'm getting paid to do it. That's how I get my, my income to support my family. That's what we would call professionalism. And even university students that are athletes that get scholarships in America, that could be a quarter of a million dollars by the time it's all said and done. And, and that would be a professionalism of sorts. You, you said we need to be prepared. We need to have some uh, insight as to how we can prepare for that. Go, go into that a little bit. What, what, what advice do you have for that kind of person? Yeah. So I guess I, I wrote the book with sports people of all levels in mind, you know, from the most casual participant right through to the, the full-time professional, as you've just described. And I guess the way to prepare for living as a Christian professional athlete or coach, really, I guess, 
in many ways, it's the same as just living, preparing to live as a Christian school teacher or Christian university student or Christian lawyer or Christian doctor. Each area of, I guess, work or employment uh, has its opportunities and challenges. I think whoever we are, the really key thing is to ensure that um, we're followers of Jesus, that we're, we're, we're listening to his word, we're reflecting on his word, we're praying to him, we're in regular Christian fellowship. Uh, they're really key. Now, if you're a professional athlete or, or coach, sometimes it's very easy uh, to do that. You may be, you know, if you're a, a coach, um, you live at home, you go to church, perhaps on, on, on Sundays, you go to your Bible study group during the week, and then you go out and coach during your, your work hours. Uh, and it can be quite easy to maintain, you know, that sort of discipline. However, a lot of professional athletes, um, you know, they're on the road, they may be traveling, they may be touring, they have to train when the coach says to train, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it can be a little less, I guess, routine in some respects. And I guess the challenge there is if we're away from home, if we're traveling, if we're touring, is to do what we can to make sure that we're in God's word regularly, that we're um, praying to him regularly, and that we're tracking down Christian fellowship as best we can. Now, I was talking um, a couple of years ago to a, a soccer player in England who played in the English Premier League, which is the top level of, of soccer over in, in that country. And he was saying that he was a Christian when he played Premier League, but he couldn't get to church every Sunday because of the soccer schedule. He got there whenever he could, but there was a chaplain uh, at his club who he met with regularly and read the Bible and prayed with each week. And so he got fellowship with his chaplain and some other Christians at the club that way. And so I guess the, the key thing I would say is to make sure you're getting your God's word, prayer, fellowship, and that you're looking to in, involve yourself in some sort of Christian ministry in your context, um, whatever that may be. So I think that's the first thing I'd say to someone who is, is a professional. And the second thing I think would be really helpful for someone who makes their living out of sport is to be aware of what the Bible would say about sport, the good things about sport and aware of the dangers. And so, I mean, I'd say if someone was a professional, I'd encourage them to read my book or, or one of your books, Greg, or, or some other good book, which helps you to think about sport Christianly. Now, there are various challenges uh, which come up for the professional sports person. Lots of opportunities and, and blessings and great things like that. But you've got to deal with um, your ambition, Christianly. Uh, some sports can be potentially quite aggressive. You've got to deal with that, Christianly. Uh, some sports, you can have access to drugs, whether they're performance-enhancing drugs or recreational drugs, and you've got to be able to deal with that, Christianly. You know, there's sexual immorality associated with sport in some contexts. You've got to be aware and ready for that. So I think it's good to be realistic about the wonderful things associated with professional sport, but to be aware of the potential hazards. Uh, but I guess the key thing to do is to stay close to God, stay in Christian fellowship, uh, inform yourself about what the Bible would say about sport, have a think about sport, and I think that's a, a good way forward from there. I love what you're saying, Stephen. And as you and I talk, uh, and per personally, it, it seems like we were separated at birth. The way we're thinking about a lot of these things, and and I I really want to commend you. I I want to talk to you about um, the the biblical sport template, and that that can help us understand 
is this is this thing that we talk about is this sport we talk about um, actually biblically biblically defensible and I'm sure that Andrew will put this up on the screen as we're talking about it but the, the I'm gonna go through a couple of these and then just respond to them and uh, critique them and and put your own spin on it if you will but in order for a, a particular sport if we if we can say that competition is biblically defensible, then sport as a microcosm of it is can also be generally speaking uh, biblically defensible. Then does that necessarily mean all sports, every single sport can be biblically defensible? And I'm gonna give you this rubric. The first one is it has to have a redemptive purpose. Now don't think redemption in terms of getting someone to become a Christian redemption obviously that's what we want but it could be as you mentioned in our last segment some of instrumental values of health and camaraderie and and, and other things but it has it can't be a detrimental purpose there can't be an evil purpose it has to be redemptive the second one would be that the governing rules of participation have to be biblically based in other words uh the body's the temple of the holy spirit uh we should not be putting uh, peds in our body or uh intentionally injuring or hurting someone that 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 that's the rule of the sport you have to do that in order to win and then there has to be an enforcement of those governing rules that's the third thing that we can have the rules but if they're not enforced then it's you might as well not have any rule where there's no penalty there's no law the fourth one is that the managers or the coaches have to also then be managing and coaching in ways that would be following that redemptive purpose and helping people that are sports people not have to be intentionally injured or maimed or other and other ways uh, abused and then the, the, the fifth one would be that the participants, the sport participants themselves, have to play in such a way, compete in such a way, as would be biblically defensible. And then the last one, which often catches people by surprise, is the spectators. That the spectators also have a role, that they can't come out and, and have all kinds of evil going on as well. So let me just stop there, and uh, Stephen, you, you pick it up from there. What what resonates with you? What would you like to uh, call to task on that? Well, I, I don't know whether I'd call anything to task. That uh, sounds to me like a really good breakdown. I, I like what you've just said. The, the first thing you said about competition, I thought I'd just make a comment on that. Uh, competition, I think, is, is based on cooperation. Uh, so that if you're in any form of competitive sport, if I'm playing a, a game of cricket or, or football or tennis or something like that, it's, it's, a, it's a competition. Now, that's I'm trying to beat my opponent, or they're trying to beat me, which is fine, but we agree to compete by the rules, to do our best against the other person, and um, if we're both doing our best, we have a wonderful game. Now, I guess the, the, the test is that if we don't win, we've got to make sure that we respond in a, you know, a sportsman-like Christian way, but uh, competition is not, is very biblically defensible because competition is based, when it's done properly, on cooperation and, and probably I'm sure you can give examples Greg from your own life as I can from mine of 
really good sporting encounters we've been involved in, you know, close cricket games, close athletics competitions. Sometimes we've won it. Sometimes we've been pipped at the last minute. But just the sheer thrill of being in a really tight, close game, you know you're alive. It's just, you know, wonderful. And, you know, some of my best memories are games I've narrowly lost. I probably prefer to win. But, you know, you can still enjoy a wonderful game where you've just, you know, just been beaten, I think. Um, so I'd say competition is good if we're, um, you know, dealing with it in a good way. But what you say about... Um, there being a redemptive purpose. I mean, I think there are many, most of the mainline sports have many positives associated with it in terms of friendship, teamwork, potential to develop character, all the things we, I think we discussed or mentioned in our last episode. Um, I guess a question which I've thought about a bit, but I think you probably thought about a bit more is that when some sports just seem to be outright harmful to the body, <laughs> Uh, even when played with according to the rules, I guess I'm a bit more reserved there. Um, like I, I've played some rugby league, which is a great sport. And if you played in the rules, you should be fine. You know, you can get injured, probably like in American football, I imagine. Um, but the primary result is not to injure the other person. But I guess I wonder about things like boxing. You know, I like watching a good boxing encounter, but it it does seem to be quite... I've, I've never wanted to participate myself just because so much of it seems to be potentially damaging. Do you, have, do you have any thoughts on on that, Greg, with boxing as a, perhaps an example? Absolutely. And, and I think that we're of one heart on what we're looking at. If you go back to what would make competition and sport biblically defensible, one of those things is that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we need to care for that. So that any sport, that its intended purpose is to physically harm and abuse and maim another person would not be biblically defensible from that one thing alone, that one biblical foundation alone. So that's, you bring up boxing. Now boxing can be biblically defensible depending upon its rules. So as you go through, it can be redemptive because there can be all kinds of instrumental ways in your words to, to make it positive. But if the rule is more like the Olympic rule that you get points for being able to touch the other person's body as opposed to prize fighting. You literally have to knock the person out and injure them. Boxing could be biblically defensible with certain rules. And I think this is some of what's happening in American football right now that we're recognizing there's so much uh, trauma to the brain, etc., that they are trying to adjust the rules. If they cannot adjust the rules, it would be not biblically defensible, in my opinion. They've got to be able to, like, in our in our country, American football is often played with flags that you have to pull off of somebody as opposed to tackle somebody. And so in that way, um, that could be a, a great way to play football. But mm. when you're in, actually intentionally harming somebody, yeah, we, we, uh, we have to draw the line someplace. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, so I think it's it can be a bit of a fine line sometimes there, but I think I'd agree with that. So, like, I've the most, I guess, potentially violent sport I've played is, is rugby league, which I, I really enjoyed. I mean, I loved nothing more than when I was younger than getting a rugby ball and running fulls tilt into the, the opposition and trying to get past them. It was, it was fun, and then you tackle them in response. Um, that, that's great fun. Uh, 
but you know, if you play in the rules, everyone's pretty much okay usually. Uh, but I guess if it, the rules aren't enforced, or if the coach says to you, look, when the referee's not looking, you know, give him a blow to the jaw or, or something like that, I think that's where it runs into into difficulties. I mean, sport. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sport does have its inherent dangers. I mean, you know, cricket, you can get hit by the ball on the head. Um, you can, someone can accidentally tackle you across the face in a game of rugby league. You know, there are the dangers. But I think if the rules are enforced, people are playing hard but fair. Um, I think that's okay. I guess, as I said, I just wonder about some of those sports which you're deliberately trying to injure people or, or maim people, as you've described. I think you've summarised it nicely. Yeah, which goes back to that rubric that not only does it have to have the redemptive purpose, but you have to have the rules. They have to be enforced. They have to be coached. They have to be played. Every, everybody has to line up. And so you could have a biblically defensible sport, but because we can play it in unbiblical ways, it doesn't mean the sport's bad. It means the people yes. are bad. <laughs> yeah, and could I, could I say here, I think this is a really great thing which um, coaches and parents um, can promote, which is encouraging people in their team or in their training squad or their kids, if they really like a sport, you know, go out, do your best, you know, play hard if it's a hard sport, but try and do it in accordance with the rules. Um, you don't hate the opposition, you know, you're, you're respecting them by playing hard. Um, you know, you, you do your best, um, but you play within the rules and you're not motivated by hatred or violence or anything like that. Um, you know, sport can be a great way to develop character. Uh, and I think that you want coaches and parents who are promoting their kids or their charges who play in a sportsmanlike way. Um, can I just give you a, perhaps a quick illustration there? In, in Australia at the moment, the, the Australian cricket team for many years has been exceptionally good. We're perhaps best or second best or third best in the world. But in my opinion, a few years ago, the Australian cricket team who were very competitive and play a good hard game, they started to play in a somewhat nasty way. You know, it was, and I didn't really like it. I like teams playing hard and fair, but not in a nasty way. And I think some other Australians felt for a short while that they'd taken it a bit too far. Uh, and so I think anything which we can do to promote good, hard, fair, sportsmanlike play in any game would, would be a real benefit. Now, I imagine it's the same in the States as well. I don't know, but, you know. Yeah, and, and we, uh, we've often said that sport develops character in the child. It reveals character in the adult. Hmm. And, and I think that's the truth. Um, I'd like to wrap up this section with you with what we call the progressive intensity levels of competition, the PILs, if you will, progressive intensity levels. And I'm sure that this is gonna come up on the screen for those of you that are watching this. And it starts at the ground level of play. It moves up to playful games. Then there are games. Then there are athletics, recreational sport, varsity sport, and then professional sport. Now, if we, if we go through those seven levels, when you just have a couple kids sitting on the beach, you know, I'm overlooking a beach here, and the kids are just down there just playing, and there's no problem. And then, and then they get into, well, I can build a better sandcastle than you can. And they, it's a playful game. And then when it moves beyond just playful games, and it becomes a game that somebody's got to win. And so the younger, typically, child on the beach can't compete with the older, 
more dexterous, more uh, uh, agile and, and, and coordinated and smarter or more experienced child. And so their sandcastle isn't good. So what does the younger kid do? Goes over and kicks down the sandcastle of the older. And the parents are sitting there saying, we're on an ideal holiday here, vacation. And, and then all of a sudden this row breaks out. Well, what's happened? The progressive intensity level has gone up. And now if you move it into athletics and sport, and then you get to professional sport where this is your livelihood, these intensity levels increase and it becomes harder and harder, going back to what you started this segment with, to maintain your Christianity. Uh, your thoughts about that? Yes, I think just speaking about those early stages, I mean, sport is potentially a great developer of character. Any young kid, they're playing around with snakes and ladders or, or anything. If they get yes. these and they get upset. And so you as the parent, you sort of say, look, you know, we just do our best. We've got to learn, take the good with the bad. Uh, one of the reasons parents encourage their kids to play sport besides health reasons and friendship reasons is they believe it will develop their character. And in fact, when um, competitive sport was really being developed, in the 19th century, like sport today as we know it in, in England and in, in the States, one of the real reasons that a lot of the churches actually got behind the development of sport was it was seen to be a great way to develop character. You learn to win, you learn to lose, you learn to play as part of a team. So you're right, you know, sport can be an instrument to develop character. Uh, I guess one of the concerns that sometimes people have is when people start to play at a very high level, when your job uh, depends upon it, your family livelihood depends upon it. Perhaps your ego <laughs> depends upon it. Um, it can seem a lot more important to win uh, and to be uh, successful. Um, and so I guess the, the key thing there for, for, for a Christian professional athlete is to keep their relationship with God close uh, so that they can cope with the successes without it going to their head. They can cope with the defeats without it think, making them think that their life has become meaningless uh, the closer one is to God, the more gracious you can be in victory, the more humble you know, humble in victory, the more gracious you can be in defeat. Um, but yes, it does have some challenges. So I never got to the point with my sport, I almost was professional, but I never got to the point where my performance impacted my finances. And I guess that aspect adds an additional pressure. And I think that makes it all the more important for the Christian athlete or, or the Christian coach um, to just make sure that they're close to God so you can better navigate those things. Uh, you also said something about as adult sport can show our character. I, I was speaking to one Christian gentleman in England who played rugby union at a fairly good level. He said when he was playing rugby union before he became a Christian, sport didn't help his character. It emphasised the bad parts of his character. <laughs> you know, he played in an unsportsmanlike way. And it wasn't until he became a Christian that I guess his whole approach to the game switched around which and i think that highlights the fact that particularly when we're older and when it becomes more financially relevant that we do need to have a close relationship with god in place so that we're playing in a way which honors god and i think christians want to be able to play a game and get to the end of their season or even careers and think i played in a way which brought glory to god in my successes and in my difficulties they don't want to look back upon their career i don't think with with regrets about all the horrible mistakes they kept making. So yes, I think it's it, 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 what you say is a nice summary. We've been talking with Stephen Liggins about theology of competition. And we are kind of in this segment 
and we're going to come back and when we come back we're going to talk about how can a person specifically get more involved what are the things that they need to honor in order to compete biblically and that'll include even some of the sunday sport and lord's day issues that we're going to talk about so stephen thanks for joining us on this segment we look forward to future conversations oh, it's been great to be with you thank you for the invitation CSRM's podcasts are a resource provided by the Association of Church Sports and Recreation Ministries and its production house, Overwhelming Victory Flicks. This episode was produced by Dr. Greg Lenville and edited by Andrew Fouts. For more information about CSRM, visit csrm.org. For more information about our publishing and production houses, visit csrm.org and click on the Resource tab. CSRM Podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a blessed day.